Hey team, welcome to Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Folks, this is a special episode as we are recording live from the 22 Hinman Dental Meeting in Atlanta. Charles and I have been busy speaking and have more to do with dental professionals about practice ownership, accumulating wealth, and all the pieces about a dental transition. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Anushka Amin, who NDP had the opportunity to help become an owner of a family and cosmetic dental practice here in the Atlanta area. It's been a few years, more than we would like to recall, since we've <laughs> chatted with Anishka, and we're excited to see how things are going. Mr. Loretto, good morning. Good morning. Hey, girl, you were on the dance floor last oh, night. I mean, there was some wiggle, wiggle legs last <laughs> night. I, you know, we've known each other for, I don't know, seven years, but girl, you got some rhythm. You know that that band was pretty good. Okay, Were you there okay. Last night? I was working the door. Oh. Okay. Yeah, until about eight ten. So, um, and then I went down, and yeah, the band was great it was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, this is a yeah. big mix of different age, and they played songs from all of the decades. It was incredible. So you oh couldn't, yeah. You could not do a little wiggle <laughs> oh, when they yeah. were on the when yeah. on their floor. So, well, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> How many podcasts have you been on? Zero. I've also listened to zero. <gasps> so, excuse me for that. I'm not going to take that personally since <laughs> we didn't exist when you bought your practice. That's right. And you clearly were, you know, brilliant to use us. So, we'll just like let that slide. Yeah, yeah. this is, the, when you guys asked me, I was like, what is, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Ellen was like very much like, don't worry about this. It'll be fine. I was like, I didn't know. My husband tricked me and told me it was going to be like video recorded. So <laughs> I'm super dressed up, by the way. It is live. I mean, so I guess that's kind of true. Your um, makeup looks amazing, oh, by the way. You. Thank you. <laughs> we are not professionals either, so it's completely fine. <laughs> well, um, let's jump in. Tell everyone who's listening here, tell them a little bit about yourself. Like how long have you been practicing? How long have you been out? How long have you owned any training, anything you did to kind of prepare for where you are today? Sure. So like she mentioned, I'm in the Atlanta area, about 25 minutes from where we are here. I actually grew up there. So working there has been really, really great. My parents still live out there. It's Conyers, Georgia. <laughs> but basically, I went to what's now Dental College of Georgia in Augusta, graduated in 2013, and worked for a little while in Conyers with another doctor. And um, when that didn't pan out as far as transition, worked for corporate for a little while, decided that wasn't for me, and basically was just waiting to find the right spot. And so I've owned my practice for five years, and it's been great. A lot of ups and downs with COVID and whatnot, but overall, it's been really exciting and everything I kind of hoped for. So what kind of pushed you to ownership? Like what kind of said, Hey, I think I want to do this when you kind of started thinking about that? Or did you always want to? Yeah, it was always for me. Like I came out of dental school, like knowing that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to put down roots. My dad's a physician in Conyers, owns his own practice in the medical field. That's really not that common anymore and not as easy, frankly. And so it was always a no brainer for me. The business side was always challenging, but something that I really felt like was going to pay off in the end. It was never like a, am I going to do it? It was always just when. I've got a question. How did you find this opportunity. So it's kind of a funny story. My husband started a practice from scratch out in Sandy Springs. He's an orthodontist. And at his ribbon cutting, the equipment manager that he used was there and asked me where I was from. And I told him I was from Conyers. And he looked at me and he's like, 
do you want to practice there? <laughs> and I was like, sure, you know, why not? And he's like, I've got this great practice. You're going to love it. And I'd already heard of that practice just from growing up there. There's not a ton of people out there. So it, it literally fell into my lap at a party. And so I did do a lot of searching before. And like I said, my first endeavor didn't actually pan out. And so it had been a little bit heartbreaking. And I was like, do I really want to go down this path? But everything worked out the way it was supposed to. What about NDP? How'd you find us at NDP? So one of my good friend's dads uses Cane Waters and had heard about you guys, basically. And he was like, hey, why don't you guys look into this? And I think I emailed with Mm -hmm. Christy and it was just like easy from there on out. I was like, yeah, take whatever you want from me and help me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a specific type of practice in mind when you started looking or, you know, clearly geographically, but like fever service, PPO, like, did you have a picture or were you just kind of open to what was presented? Yeah. I mean, the practice that I started working at right after school was fee for service. And then obviously going into corporate, that's like the exact opposite. So I was like, okay, would like fee for service or something that I can transition into fee for service. And it's a model that really works well in kind of the outer banks of Mm -hmm. Atlanta. And so I knew it was possible. It's just, I didn't want to give up. I guess, mm-hmm. what could be if they were in insurance-based place. Clearly, you had two processes. I guess, what was the thing you were most worried about or kind of what was the biggest challenge, I guess, in either one of those? Or, or did, were the processes somewhat similar with clearly just different people? So the first one, I was not represented. The person I was trying to transition with had representation. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything the second time around either, which is why you should definitely call Christy. (laughs) Um, But the first time around, it was like very much being told, like, this is how it's going to happen. And although I was young, I knew that's not the way it was going to work out for me. You know, it was like, I didn't want it to be financed through the transitioning owner. There were certain aspects that like no one really asked me, hey, is this how you want to do it? How do you see this happening? And so what was great about the second time is that I was like, this is the end goal. I don't know how to get there, but this is what I want. And so having representation for myself was like the best thing ever because I didn't have to get messy with the doctor that was, event. I mean, he was staying on and he stayed on for like two and a half years and we had a great working relationship. And I think part of that was that we only talked dentistry. We didn't talk through the transition. He had his guy, I had Christy and they just worked everything out for us. I talked about this yesterday in in lecture is to try to motivate the young person Mm -hmm. that it's on you to have that education and a group behind you. And if you're meeting with other people and you can see that they don't have the guidance that that's kind of on you to step up your game and introduce them to somebody and to help facilitate that process because it can't just be one-sided where someone is telling you what to do and you can't be on one side where many times where you're like, Hey, I want to be an owner. I want to be an owner. And then they push it back on you. Well, I, you know what you just, I don't know, I guess give me a letter of intent. I mean, it's a lot more complicated. There's a lot more steps involved in that. And so it's awesome that we were able to kind of guide you through that as well as obviously the person that transitioned had some help as well. Yeah, it's definitely intimidating trying to become an owner. Whether you're young or older, it doesn't really matter. Just going up against someone who's been doing it forever and this is the way it's done and this is how my practice is and I want the transition to look like this because they want to make sure that their patients are taken care of, which is completely fair. But there is a business aspect to it that sometimes is not understood. You know, my husband on the other end was represented by you guys and the guy he was trying to transition with didn't have anybody. And then when he realized like, oh, 
I, I got to get somebody. He did. And it turned out he wasn't in a financial position to transition. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get all that out on the table before anything ever is signed. And the best way to do that is to have help, you know? Yeah. yeah. And be prepared ahead of time and know what you want and know what you don't want. Yep. Especially from a seller's perspective, because you guys both kind of had that failed attempt first and then, which hopefully gave you some color and some just for sure. <laughs> education and just like now I know exactly what I don't want. I'm not sure what I want, but I know what I don't want yep. in the next round, which is always more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing you were most nervous about going into ownership that once you were there, you were like, oh, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought? I think just like the acceptance, you know, from the patients, from the staff, from all around, from the practice as a whole. It's like, yeah, I, I can put up the money for this, but it doesn't work unless the people accept you. And one thing I will say, the person that I transitioned with, he was very, very adamant about making sure his patients met me, that they liked me, that he wanted me to be as successful as I did, which I mean, I don't think is as easy to find. I got just super lucky, you know, but he was very, very forthcoming about what he wanted. And it was that he wanted his patients to be in good hands. And I promised him I would do that. And hopefully he thinks I did. (laughs) Well, I'll speak for so many of the buyers are so nervous about that. There's just the intimidation is the word you used about this whole process. It's so interesting because we see it and we see how successful these buyers are and how accepted they are. But man, they are just so just intimidated by the whole process. They're like, are they going to like me? Are they going to stay? And they do. Yeah. You know, like I tell people all the time, it's like, you have to be really bad yeah. for them. You got to <laughs> yeah. be, you know, just like a bad person. Yeah. You know, they are bad clinically. You just have to be a bad human for them yeah. not to accept because they're just as nervous. Mm-hmm. Who's the new person? Wow, she sure is young. How old is she? You know, and then like, well, she's kind of nice. I like her actually more than yeah. him, like him more than her, you know? So it's awesome. And just that reassurance, yep. letting these young people know that, hey, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And you get those one or two that are like, nope, I am not going to try you, you know? Yeah. But then they have an emergency and it's like, <laughs> I don't care who right. I get, just right. find me somebody to help me. And you can just like crack that little shell, oh, you know? Yeah, I love it. So it's great. I mean, that was what I was most worried about, but that actually ended up being the easiest thing. The staff he had is still with me. I've awesome. added on. They are super supportive of everything that I do and he still is. And so it worked out great. I know that's not the experience for everybody, but it does take work on both people's ends to really manage his expectations as far as the previous owner and making sure you're not like jumping in like, okay, I'm going to change this and this and this and making sure that he's comfortable too. Because at the end of the day, you need that previous person to stay on with you. I think that's one of the most best ways to be successful. At what point did you make any, I would say, changes from a, a technology, add a new person, you bring a consultant in, anything from just change? What what was that like and how soon or how long or what maybe changes do you have that you can foresee coming up? So the first payroll, I found out that he was not using a payroll company. He was literally handwriting his checks with a glass of wine at home on Thursday. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Heck no. I don't have time for this. So I did it the first round, messed up two checks by the way. And I got a payroll company. He was like, this is just so expensive. I was like, listen, I miss money. Yeah. I want my wine without the side of work. So. You want to add an extra zero yeah. in there? Yeah. But I mean, even the first hire, like I actually built out a room that used to be an office. 
but I kind of talked through it with him because he did have more experience on me. Hey, what do you think about this person? I hired her from within the practice. She had grown up in the practice and he was like, great hire. You should totally do it. I mean, I wanted his support in all the things that I did and maybe he didn't agree and he just like was humoring me. I don't know. But he was like this little girl, you know, (laughs) but I think it was important that he was on board, you know? So yeah, um, the first hire was somebody that he really did approve of and mostly everything I did, he was like, yeah, whatever you think, you know, Uh, well, this is how I used to do it. I'm like, again, (laughs) I'm not going to handwrite checks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's what $2,000 for the year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, we're going to call that in. Every day, all day. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) What challenges did you maybe not expect that happened? Clearly COVID. We're going to say like COVID. Payroll. Payroll. (laughs) There we go. We've learned one of them. But like, what were you not thinking about that all of a sudden kind of became like maybe something that you lost sleep over or just kind of was like, oh, I didn't think about this piece of it. There wasn't that much unforeseen because I really feel like you had unearthed a lot. Hey, this is what you should ask him. We had meetings prior to the transition that we just discussed dentistry. So there was no surprises there. Like he did do some stuff that was a little old school. You know, I was fine. You do you, whatever. But even from a business standpoint, I mean, his office manager was like on it. She was in on the transition. So she had a list. I mean, I feel like because we both wanted it really bad, we were prepared even before we signed the papers. So I didn't have any surprises or challenges in that perspective. I knew about the payroll thing, but I thought this is how it's done. And then I realized, no, this no, is not how it's done. Not. I've got a question. You talked about your meetings before. How many meetings would you say that you had with him clinically, just on the professional side, just talking about anything in the transition? Was this half a dozen meetings or so? Probably about that much. So we started the transition, I think, October. And we had a meeting with our spouses and, you know, awesome. got a tour of the office, yeah, love that. you know, just this is what everything looks like. And that was very brief. And then we probably had at least four meetings, just the two of us, where I would come in on a Friday. We would go over the schedule. We would go over his expectations of how he thought he had never had an associate. So I was kind of, I guess, sharing my experience as being the associate. This is how it works. This is how the pay works. Do you want something different? Because we also kind of did that contract as well. And then we talked about a lot about the dentistry, you know, looking at x-rays. This is how my philosophy is. What would you do? Because working together was really going to be challenging for him because he'd never had anybody there, especially not as an associate. (laughs) So... Let's talk about COVID because I feel like a lot of people who are looking to own a practice look at that time and it almost adds to the fear of like, uh, how do you deal? You had a couple of years under your belt, three years before that happened. Talk to me about that time and what that was like. So this is so bad, but it was the break I really needed. (laughs) I, at that point, it was bad. I know, but I had two kids at that point. My daughter, Isla, she was only like four months old. And with both my kids, I brought them to work with me, had a nanny there, and so I could see them. And it was my practice. I just did what I needed to do. I love that. (laughs) I set up a little nursery in the break room. I hired one of the lady's daughters, and she did homeschool. She watched the baby. And we did that for a while. And so during the seven weeks, it was like... I was leaning on so many people. Kane Waters, for instance, they had podcasts and webinars and all this stuff, just trying to figure out, like, number one goal, how do you open up? (laughs) And so we did it in seven weeks, and 
honestly haven't stopped since. And it's kind of great because everyone has this goal of like, I want to make a lot of money and I want to own a practice because I want to do that. But like realizing in those seven weeks, like people genuinely needed my services. People didn't call like the first three weeks. I was like, okay, I'm going to deal with this problem, this broken tooth, this whatever. About week four, it was like, okay, I've waited a really long time. Like, can you help me out? So I started going in on Wednesdays and just patching things up as best I could. About week five, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? Like people genuinely need us and they're begging for us to open. We've got to figure this out. Having people though, that also own practices, not just around us, like in dental school, I have perio friends, this We were like really banding together and trying to like figure this out together and we bounced ideas off each other. Hey, this is what I found. This is what I found. I ended up putting in a system that has been really, really great and haven't looked back since. It's a lot of up and down, but you know. What a leader. (laughs) I I love that. You're like, you know, doing this whole women in dentistry thing as (laughs) we're here. And this literally, she could replace you today on the (gasps) panel. Literally just Charles jump Loretto. in. Oh, no, man. No. What a leader Not here. Yesterday morning, I did a lecture on like making your practice work for you instead yep. of you working for it. And I said so many women like see practice ownership as like this, like, I don't know. It's like this comparative thing where they yeah. feel like they have to build whatever they think they have to build. But what flexibility like yeah. throughout the, I mean, clearly a challenge, but as a mom, like that beginning part of the nursery and bringing the kids to the practice, probably not what you envisioned no. <laughs> when you were thinking about it, you know what I mean? But as an owner, like you had that ability. Well, I had to compartmentalize like having kids and owning a practice because if I tried to imagine doing both, I would have never done it. It is crazy but when you are there and you have to do it it is what it is and you just figure it out and so because I ended up getting pregnant like pretty much right after I transitioned like six months later (laughs) and I I told the other doctor and I was like so I'm gonna need you to cover me for maternity leave and he's like already look this is this is it compartmentalize you know like you're here we're doing this it's you know I had my feet up on the desk one day and he comes in he's like in 30 years I've never had my feet up on this desk I said, well, in 30 years, you've never been pregnant. So (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Love it. Uh, You have a great podcast voice. I mean, your voice. Seriously? Yes. She's got it, girl. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. She's going to be a regular. We'll have to bring her back for more episodes. Oh, my gosh. I was so nervous. When I got the email, I was like, wait, did this go to the right person? (laughs) Yes, it did. Joellen showed me the list of all the clients, and I was like, her. Yes. (laughs) That's who I want. How's your your husband's practice doing? It's doing really well. So he started from scratch, so it was like fighting tooth and nail. But he's doing really good, and he's actually opening a second location. So when his transition thing Mm -hmm. didn't go through, he was like, you know what? I've done it once before. It's... I can do it again. So, yeah, he's going to be out in Decatur and kind of splitting the time eventually between the two. So, Any thought of an associate for either of you? Probably not for him. He's a control freak, so not a good idea. <laughs> I keep telling him, like, just don't even. It, yeah. It's not for you. Because yeah. you do have to relinquish yeah. a little bit of control, you know. But for me, I'm actually building a brand new office building right around the corner from my existing. So it's going to be, it's a ground-up construction. Just got the permits. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, it's going to be beautiful. Um, nine operatories. So, yeah, definitely going to get somebody in there to help me because the area is growing. We have, like, such an influx coming in from the north as as far as people wanting to move to the south which is awesome and it's like a breath of fresh air in a town like Conyers and so we have tons of new patients so trying to make some room awesome yeah I love the fact that your husband getting frustrated in the startup I mean once you have a spouse in this case you being very successful it's a lot easier <laughs> 
to go borrow six hundred thousand yep. for a startup, right? <laughs> yeah. So he did it right, you know. Yeah. Marry well, make sure she's super successful. <laughs> then I'll take all the risk, right? Well, it's interesting. People always ask us, like, well, which one is better? You know, like, is the startup easier or is buying a practice easier? And like, we're both like staring at each other because we've been through it with right. each other, and it there is no answer because with starting something from scratch it's like you're literally digging for each patient yep. begging for them to come in the door but with buying an existing practice making those changes and making it the way you really really envisioned it it takes a lot of time you have to be super patient and if you don't have that like if you are like no i want this is how i want the schedule to be but you have somebody older there trying to help you through it's not comfortable for them, you know, and you have to make it work for everybody. Otherwise you're going to lose, or they're going to lose a lot of faith in you, I guess, the staff and everybody. So that game, I kind of explained that to him because he is, he's super, super anal about the way he wants it. And I was like, I don't think this is for you. you know <laughs> this what? is the that's, slow game, like the slow but, burn. <laughs> but that's who I want as my orthodontist. I want somebody that is that just like over the top control sure. freak to make it Perfect. Yeah. You know, I mean, that I tells me a lot. I quit my Invisalign of... with him, just so you know. <laughs> I feel like we're kindred spirits. I also am about to quit my Invisalign. I, I my orthodontist. Not I was like, it looks fine. I don't care. Yeah. He was like, oh, but this one tooth. Let me just like rotate nope, nope, this cane. Nope. And I was like, dude, I don't it's care. <laughs> I didn't want him in the first place. He was like, let me practice like this Invisalign. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I quit. So <laughs> he's trying really hard right now. I went in for new retainers. He was like, see this canine right here. I was like, no, no, I see it. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. We cannot care about everything. No, no, no. We can't. no. All right. Final question. If you had to talk to a young, fresh out of dental school, world ahead of them, what are you telling them? I'm telling them to work first. Mm -hmm. Go focus on the dentistry, get it under your belt, get the treatment planning, how to speak to patients, because that needs to be second nature when you decide to make the jump to ownership. But once you decide like, hey, I'm good, you know, it only took me three or so years. Like I said, I knew I wanted to do it, so I was just kind of biding time. But working first and going through the failed transition, going through corporate, I mean, it really showed me what was so great about dentistry and also kind of the bad side and what I don't want to do and how I don't want to practice and what I want for myself when I am in my 50s and 60s, you know, and how I envision myself transitioning out. I always tell people, like, just work. Just go do your dentistry, take your paycheck home, enjoy it. We've been in school for like ever and a day. Enjoy life and then jump in when you're ready because then you'll really know what type of practice you want and what you're looking for because you can't at the beginning know what you're looking for. You're just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love working a couple of years and getting that experience. I love the CE part. Get your head down, get your confidence, yep. you know, up and then search and don't settle on a practice. Be able to ask all those good questions so that you can identify this is definitely a home run. So when you come across something like you did, you just know it's just a gift from upstairs, yep. how to take advantage of it, not mess it up, yep. you know? So good to hear, that, yeah. you know? I'm super excited for you. I'm just, Thank you. Yeah, this was so fun. And this was a long time ago. This is pre-podcast that you helped her, Christy. Pre-podcast. Pre-podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
Like I've heard someone called themselves a baby dentist. I was a baby advisor. <laughs> yeah, you were. you were. And I was a baby dentist. Yeah, yeah. baby yeah. dentist yeah. and baby advisor is a good match. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This is so lovely. We are happy you're here. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here. I will. And, thank you guys and, uh, so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> As always, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, team. Live from Hinman. All right. See you guys. Thank you.